Hello and welcome to Here For You, a daily podcast to help you get through the global pandemic without going completely bananas. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And today is Thursday, April 16th. So as you know, we're here for you to offer comfort and support during this scary and uncertain time. And we also want to hear from you. You can email us at kateanddory at gmail.com, or you can call us at 781-591-0390. Let us know how you're feeling, what you're up to, if you have questions for us, stuff you want us to cover, ideas for distractions. We want to hear it all. We do, and we are going to skip our traditional check-in because today we are doing our special episode on pregnancy and COVID-19, and we have so much material, which is very exciting. Um, We got so many emails, so many voicemails. Thank you to everyone who wrote in, who called. Honestly, I wish we could play and read everything. Like when I was putting together the document for this episode, it was like 10 pages long (laughs) because I wanted to include so many things. So thank you all so, so, so much um, for writing in. Um, But unfortunately, we could not include everyone. um, So we are going to get started with a voicemail. Here we go. Hi, Kate and Dory. This is Jessica from northern New Jersey, and um, I wanted to call because I am 17 weeks pregnant, and I am almost through fighting the coronavirus. Um, I work in the medical industry. However, where I really got the uh, COVID-19 was from my husband, who's a broadcaster in New York City. So we both work in the city. Um, I just kind of wanted to offer my my feelings on how it was to be pregnant with the disease. And truthfully, I'm very healthy. My husband's very healthy. We both got it. Um, it felt like a horrible, horrible cold. Taking, I'm on day 11 right now. Um, taking a really long time to go away. But I went to my OBG. I talked to my OBGYN. They said there's you know no harm for the baby. And it's been, you know, it was very scary, especially when he had it and I didn't have it yet. But now it's kind of relieving to have it over with. Um, and it was really scary. But I just want to do, you know, put the word of caution out there for people who are immune compromised. This could be a lot more challenging. For me, I'm a healthy person, despite being pregnant. Um, so I just wanted to say that please be careful. Please be kind to the people around you um, and make sure that you're being very, very safe. We haven't left the house. And I mean, we neither of us have still in two weeks because we just don't want to get anybody else um, infected, but I've survived. It was basically my worst fear, but now I feel kind of relieved that it's over with. Um, so I'm happy to answer any questions, but you know, it really was very different for me and my husband. So I think it's very personal how things present. So everybody stay safe. Uh, make sure you're taking care of each other and uh, keep a positive attitude. Thanks so much for everything. I enjoy listening to the podcast every morning. Bye-bye. Well, man, that sounds freaking scary. Yeah. Scary, but you're okay. Same scary, but also sort of hopeful, right? Like, She's well, okay. Uh, like, 
Yes. And also informative too. I think, yep. you know, I, I know I personally have a tend to catastrophize everything and mm. I really appreciate your very like matter of fact and clear way of talking about what happened. Yeah, totally. I hope it kind of assuages some people's fears. All right. Um, our next email is from someone who was struggling with, has been struggling with infertility. Hi, Kat and Dor. I know that you are planning a pregnancy and COVID-19 episode. I wanted to say a big I see you to anyone experiencing infertility during this really fraught time. There's so much content right now about how self-isolation can be meaningful family time or on the flip side, how challenging being isolated at home with children can be. Seeing both ideas splashed everywhere can only be very triggering to someone who wishes she were pregnant or had a child at this time. Experiencing a global pandemic does not diminish how difficult infertility is, nor does it make however you're feeling now less valid. So as I said earlier, I see you. Much love and thank you for this podcast. Um, I really appreciated this perspective. Thank you. Yeah, we we had a few people um, write or call in who were either experiencing infertility or had had to put their fertility treatments on pause during this time. Yeah. Um, and that just is really, really hard. And I, I, I obviously have never not experienced this, but I, I really appreciate you weighing in because I can see how there's just nonstop kind of family quarantine content and how that must be really exhausting. Yeah. And you know, as someone who did experience this, one of like the running themes of infertility treatments is that you feel like the goalposts are constantly shifting. Like every time you take care or every time one thing is resolved, something comes up that you never would have anticipated. And a global pandemic seems like the ultimate goalpost shifting. So to everyone out there who is struggling, I also see you. And this is really hard. All right. We are going to hear another voicemail from a woman who, when she left the voicemail, was overdue with her baby. And here's how she is feeling. Hi, this is Laura calling from Connecticut. I um, was just calling after going to my uh, midwife appointment. Um, I saw or heard that you guys mentioned you might do a future episode about pregnancy during this time, and I thought I'd capture a unique moment right now while I'm 40 weeks and four days overdue, um, which is not really overdue in the baby world in the sense that they come in their own time, but uh, the week leading up to this has been um, a real emotional roller coaster as we saw hospitals changing their policies and who can be there and who can't be there and would my husband be healthy enough to come in the room with me? And, um, and I just, as the, as this time approached, I never imagined in a million years that I'd be due one of the peak weeks in the tri-state area of a global pandemic. Um, and I know there's a lot of other people going through this right now as well. And I have to have faith that this baby will be okay. Um, and that we will get through this and hopefully not get sick in these first few weeks when, uh, you know, you're just so run down from having a newborn anyways. So I just came out of my appointment and uh, they, you know, swept my membranes to maybe see if we can get the show going a little bit. And um, I'm going to leave this message right now just to say that uh, 
it's it's a real uh emotional roller coaster and um and and yeah, I'm thinking of everybody else going through this as well and maybe by the time you guys have this episode I will have a baby. Well, I probably will. <laughs> and um yeah, sorry, someone's calling me, so it keeps interrupting the call, but I'm just sort of at a loss for words. I also just found out that they're automatically doing corona tests when I come in for labor. So I'm not excited about that. And I don't mean to startle anybody else with that, but it's just really trying to avoid that if I could. But even though I have like no qualms about pushing a kid out of me, for some reason I just don't want that needle flop. So it's a real high low kind of roller coaster we're all on. Okay. Hope you guys are well and um thanks for having your podcast. Bye. Ooh. That is so intense. So intense. And and you're right for like that's another situation where like of all the things you do as a person who is expecting a child, all the things to prepare. Yep. The one thing you definitely don't prepare for is a global pandemic. No, this is not covered in childbirth classes. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> like for you, you're adopting. You're you're giving birth. What, what like doesn't nowhere 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 could this have been foreseen and i even keep thinking back to like even the week before we started self-isolating i still nothing felt re- like it didn't i was still kind of going about my life slight in a slightly normal way like it just shifted totally so quickly yes that even though you could kind of see it coming it, it was very hard to process and to realize what was happening. And so I can't imagine when your your life is going through such a major transition in this other way to have this whole global transition on top of it. That just yes. is so intense. Yes. Um, but I thought this next email had some good coping mechanisms, <laughs> at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, do you want to read it, Kate? Hi, Kate and Dory. I am sending you both lots of love these days. Your podcast is truly a salve during these tough times. And listening gives me the same warm and fuzzy feelings I get when on a text chain, FaceTime, or Zoom call with my best girlfriends. I mean, listen, I didn't mean to include that compliment, but thank you. <laughs> I'm writing I'm writing in response to your call for pregnant ladies to share their stories these days. I am due April 19th and live in New Jersey, just across from New York City, and will be delivering at a hospital located in the county, handling the most COVID-19 cases outside of New York City. Possibly the hardest part about this for me was coming to terms with the fact that my family won't be able to meet my baby for months. Realizing I wouldn't have my mom there when I deliver and knowing my dad and sister wouldn't be able to meet the new member of our family because they live in the Midwest was really, really hard. I still get emotional thinking about it. It's also been nerve wracking reading stories about possibly not having my husband in the delivery room for birth or having my baby taken from me upon delivery if I experience any COVID-19 symptoms leading up to delivery. But somehow those risks feel more abstract. Is the visceral feeling of imagining a hug from my mom after delivery and then realizing I won't get to give or receive a hug, excuse me, give or receive that hug when my baby is born that I am struggling with the most. I'm sorry, I misspoke. It is what I should have said at the beginning. To stay calm, I have been focusing on what is in my control, staying as safe as possible, self-quarantining with my husband, even though that means very limited movement and exercise in our one-bedroom apartment, listening to my wonderful doctors who have said, you pay us to do the worrying and are constantly available for any question, eating healthy foods, delegating my work responsibilities, so I'm setting my team up for success upon taking leave. I work at a tech company in New York City. And finally, doing things that make me happy, setting healthy boundaries with working from home, 
calling and FaceTiming friends and family regularly, reading British uh, chiclet novels, discovering a new love of Schitt's Creek and preparing for baby's arrival by focusing on what's in my control. I find I'm much better able to emotionally cope with so much unknown. Sending love to you both, to your families and all the other strong pregnant people out there. We will all get through this. Mm. Mm. I relate to this. Yeah. You know, actually I do too. Just as a new aunt to, well, not a new aunt, but an aunt to a new baby. Yeah. I was supposed to meet last weekend and I couldn't. I just, I know, but like, I know it's, I know it's the right thing not to go meet meet the baby, but there's still a lot of sorrow. And I know you have Henry's birthday coming up. That would be something celebrated. Yeah. With family and friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I relate to that aspect of it. I also relate to this idea of like focusing on the small things that are within my control. Go on. Um, just, you know, I can I can control my own environment. I can I can like pretty much control the other people in my home <laughs> um, and what I do every day. And then beyond that, like I don't have much control over over anything. And so I'm just sort of focusing on on what I can control. And so like having a schedule helps me and having a routine. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but I found that I found that aspect of this very relatable. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, thanks. Lots lots of love to you, listener. Lots of love. Um, All right. This next voicemail is kind of along similar lines. Here we go. Hi, Kate and Dory. It's Betsy here from Beverly, Massachusetts, back near your home cities. Um, I just wanted to tell you for the pregnancy episode that I've been trying to get pregnant solo um, through IUI mostly. And now, of course, all the um, clinics are shut down. And I am disappointed, but also I keep repeating to myself the mantra that one of my best friends, Laurel, hi, Laurel, um, repeat, says to me all the time. And that mantra is, it's not about you. And so that helps me kind of remember I've got problems. We've all got problems, but the world has the biggest problem and I'm just trying to be pretty Zen. So good luck to everyone out there. Thank you for your podcast. I love it. Thank you, Betsy. It's not about you. No, it's not about you. That's a powerful <laughs> mantra. It is. It is. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, it's hard because it's it's hard not to take it all personally, right? But Oh, 100%. I mean, look, we're all like, you know, the sun of our own planet system. What am I trying to say here, Dory? Galaxy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean, I though. I do. We, we, there's self-focus that's normal totally totally um all right this is another email that I thought would hopefully help kind of calm some people's fears who are about to give birth um, particularly in New York City or any other place that is like a hot spot Mm -hmm. um okay dear Kate and Dory 
I live in New York State and gave birth to my daughter on Tuesday, April 7th. As COVID-19 spread throughout the U.S. during the last month of my pregnancy, I was more and more anxious, especially living in New York. I decided to stop working a few weeks early in mid-March to isolate myself, but being at home and not working resulted in me spending far too much time reading and watching the news. My biggest fears were for the health of my baby, being exposed to COVID-19, and having to be separated from my baby after giving birth. And my husband not being able to be with me during labor and not being present for the birth of our first child. I was very grateful and relieved when Governor Cuomo signed an executive order that all women in New York State can have a symptom-free support person during labor and hope that his doing so will encourage other states to do the same. As far as how COVID-19 impacted my actual birth experience, when I went into labor, my husband had to drop me off at the hospital labor and delivery check-in area, which was a large tent set up outside the building. They screened me for symptoms, had me put on a mask, and I was admitted to the triage area to confirm I was in in labor. After about an hour, my husband was able to join me after going through the same screening process. Once we entered the hospital, we were not allowed to leave. And while in the hospital, we were not allowed to leave our room. We both had to wear masks for the entirety of our stay, and they checked my husband's temperature every 12 hours. The scariest part of the birth experience was that I developed severe shaking, chills, and a fever 21 hours into labor, which is not uncommon, especially when labor begins with your water breaking as mine did. Since I had a 102 degree fever, they had to test me for COVID-19. Thankfully, the hospital I was at had just received the COVID-19 test that gave results in 45 minutes and my test came back negative while I was still in labor. I was so grateful to have my husband there while giving birth. And during the next day and a half, we were in the hospital. We were discharged Thursday morning. Even though the circumstances of our daughter's birth were different than I might have imagined or hoped for, the hospital staff was amazing and we felt so supported and well cared for. And now that I'm home with my baby, it is much easier to focus on caring for her and not get caught up in the news. I hope my story can encourage other mothers-to-be who are dealing with this pandemic during pregnancy. I had so many fears and spent a lot of time crying and worrying about what was going to happen in the last few weeks of my pregnancy, and I still have fears now about COVID-19 as I take my doctor to doctor's appointments, stress about getting groceries, and worry because my husband is an essential employee and has already gone back to work. The isolation is very hard, both during the difficult last few weeks of pregnancy and now with no family able to visit in the hospital or able to meet our baby for an indeterminate amount of time. I know others have had to cancel baby showers, photo shoots, and it can all feel very unfair. I've tried to tell myself that it is okay to feel sad and cry about things. When I was the most scared and upset, especially when I still didn't know if my husband would be able to be present when I was in labor, it helped to remind myself that I want to raise a strong daughter and that I needed to be strong for her. So to all those who are going through pregnancy and giving birth during the COVID-19 pandemic, I hope you can find comfort in things like your faith, lots of phone calls slash FaceTime or Zoom chats with family and friends, and keep reminding yourself that you are strong and that you will get through this. That's from Wendy. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, Dory, I'm not sure if this is going to come up in any of the listener emails or voicemails that we heard from, but I also just wanted to raise the point of, of um, new parents who are dealing with um, postpartum anxiety or depression mm. during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is a, that is a huge part about becoming a new parent. And I imagine that's an ex it's extra challenging during something like this. Cause you can't immediately, you know, just make a therapy appointment and rush out and see a therapist or, totally. you know, or go yeah. see your doctors easily. And so that's just something I wanted to, to note. This just remind. it's just for some reason, this listener's email made me think of it. And, um, just something I wanted to share, but this sounds, this sounds, I mean, this is, 
it's both comforting because I appreciate the step by step. I know I love I love the breakdown, <laughs> but it's also you know it is really intense, and I think like it, the, the, it is it is a lot to to go through. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll be thinking of you, and also you know, Kate, you raise a really good point about postpartum anxiety, but people also have prepartum anxiety. Yes, for sure. And I could see that this would be extremely triggering for that. So, yeah. So checking in, I feel like with your OB about your mental health is important. Yeah. I want to flag that. (sighs) Um, All right. Our next email is from a labor and delivery nurse who is also pregnant. Um, As of this week, she is 17 weeks pregnant and she's been a labor nurse for three years. Um, and she writes that she lost a baby to stillbirth in 2009 and then had my rainbow baby a couple years later. My daughter is nine years old now. She writes to start. I'm not an anxious person. I tend to be rather laid back and really try to rationally work through any stressors that are bothering me. Unfortunately, pregnancy hormones cause so much ruckus on your mental state that I felt a little lost and disconnected, especially from this pregnancy. I'm not sure if it's my past creeping into my psyche or the fact that if I come down with COVID, will this baby survive? I'm a healthy 35-year-old and would honestly not worry so much because we're taking all the precautions seriously, but my immune system is distracted and pregnancy is considered a high-risk category. My husband does all of the grocery shopping and has really tried to help me just stay at home. He is so supportive, but I know he worries. <sighs> the unit I work on... Oh, sorry. Um, I feel that being pregnant right now wouldn't really be an issue for me. I know many others have many other anxieties, but being pregnant and working in the hospital just increases the risk. That's where my concern lies. The unit I work on is incredibly supportive and have completely banned me and anyone else pregnant from taking care of any COVID patients, which I so appreciate. We have enough PPE, at least for now. We have to wear a mask the entire shift. Gotta love inhaling the same particles you just sneezed out. In fact, we've recently been given the go to wear full PPE and N95s for pushing and the delivery. This is for our protection since some patients are carriers and are unaware. For those that have had kids, know that a six-foot space is not possible during pushing and the delivery of a baby. This also breaks my heart. Not for me, but for the patients. The labor process, especially the pushing, is so special and intimate that being in all of the gear makes it feel so much more clinical. It is necessary, and I will absolutely be following the new guidelines, but I know patients are already nervous. Not just the COVID factor, but just having a baby in general and seeing us in the gear could amp up their anxiety. In addition, my hospital only allows one visitor per patient. Some patients have been totally fine with this because that was their initial plan, but those who wanted their families or additional labor support present are struggling. Lots of birth plans have been put on hold because of this new rule, and I feel for those patients. What I want all pregnant moms to know is that you're not alone. Your labor nurses are there for you and have the ability and knowledge to help with all stages of labor. We can be as supportive as doulas. We have tricks up our sleeves if you need more ideas. We love labor, and our goal is to help families have the deliveries that they are aiming for. Um, Unfortunately, babies also have a mind of their own and labor processes take unexpected turns. So flexibility is also important. It's easy for me to say this, but being pregnant, having gone through my own traumas and having helped women through many, many deliveries, I have learned that flexibility and letting go of control is so important. Like I said, easier said than done, but that's where we are right now. We are all trying to flex to this new life we have to live. And that's from Heather. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's like doubly, doubly intense. I know. It's I really so much. Appreciate it. Like hearing from a, a person on the medical side of labor and delivery is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And like they, you know, they care so much. 
And like, this has to be so hard for them on so many levels as well. And then to add on top of that being pregnant. Yeah. Oh my gosh. gosh. Um, I also just want to say, you know, she is talking about, she's, she's pretty much exclusively talking about vaginal births here. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to mention that on one of my other podcasts, Excellent Adventure, we heard from a listener who is having a scheduled C-section mm. um, and was very nervous because they're not allowing her partner in the OR. So she has to go in by herself. Um, and we heard from, we heard from a few other listeners who had had scheduled C-sections and we're, and we're kind of like, you're going to be okay. You know, the, the nurses are going to really be there with you and, your anesthesiologist will be very supportive and your OB will be there. And, um, you know, it's obviously not the ideal situation, but, um, you'll get through it. So I just want to say as someone who had an unplanned C-section, I know you did too, Kate. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that is also a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. Super scary. Shall I read this email, Dory? Yes, please. Okay. This listener writes, I had a baby just before the lockdown began in New York City and am in isolation with no help, husband working from home and a toddler to boot. I am on my own with both kids during the day in a small apartment with no access to the outdoors. Not going to lie, it has been hard. Not at all how I pictured my maternity leave, but I am truly grateful for our health income and this time with my little loves Uh, to this listener who is uh, expecting a child first even in the best of times it's almost impossible to know exactly what kind of help you'll need and when so give yourself a break you'll figure out what you need and you will all adapt you don't have to anticipate it all right now that said there are a few things I think you can do to best set yourself up First, decide how you want to share photos and video with family back home and have everyone set it up. It can be an app, iPhoto album, or even a digital picture frame that your family purchases and you upload to from afar. Having this set up in advance will take some pressure off once the baby comes and you become an amateur photographer overnight. Second, identify a lactation consultant and pediatrician with whom you can visit virtually if needed. I had to Zoom with a lactation consultant recently, and while not an ideal format, I was really glad to have the help. Knowing in advance who you'll go to will take a lot of pressure off in a stressful moment. Finally, set up your cozy space for nursing or bottle feeding. Boppy pillow, rocking chair, gel soothies, lip balm, a nice water bottle with a straw. Thank you. Your favorite (laughs) snacks. Pick out some shows and books you're excited to binge. Grab a blanket. You'll spend a lot of time there. Make it cozy. You will be okay. You will bond with your baby in this special, crazy, quiet time, and you will look back and think, damn, I did that. Lots of love to you and all others in this situation. Mm, thank you for this. I feel like this is going to be helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, this was really lovely. Yeah. These are great tips. Really yeah. great thoughts. Well, thank you all so much for writing in. Um, I really enjoyed putting this episode together and hearing all of your emails and voicemails and good luck to everyone. Um, so, before we go, we still have a word of the day. <laughs> and we still have an activity. Dory. And we still have an activity. Uh, the word of the day is compassion. Um, mm. And, you know, yes, I think compassion for others is 
always very important, but I, I'm also thinking about compassion for ourselves um, and, you know, giving ourselves that compassion that we deserve, um, especially at this time. So thank you. Permission to have compassion for yourself is so great because it is, it is so natural for us to feel for others, but then we're so hard on ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Dory, <laughs> tell us about, tell us about this activity, which you selected and I, I am I did. very intrigued by. <laughs> did you click on the URL perchance? Not yet. But okay. Shall I do it? Oh, okay. Yes. I mean, okay. I see the picture. So the activity and I and I just want to preface this by saying if this is within your means the activity is to invite a goat to your next zoom meeting (laughs) (laughs) there is a farm called sweet farm and they have started a service called goat to meeting (laughs) which of course is a play on go to meeting (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so (laughs) They have different experiences, um, but one of the experience is a 10-minute corporate meeting cameo, which they, uh, they ask for a $100 donation, and they'll, uh, they'll call in with one of their animals <laughs> to the meeting. <laughs> and you just get a goat. <laughs> just get a to goat. just weigh in. I, yeah. I mean, I think they have other animals. Great. Because, um, I mean, I would love... You know, a, a pig, a cow. Yeah, oh, it looks like they have turkeys, pigs, cows. And, uh, and this is a farm located here in California, Northern California. Is that correct? Yes, it's in Half Moon Bay. Um, and I think they, you know, they've, they're they struggling like every other business. And they came up with this idea um, to, you know, bring joy and also raise some money for themselves. So they also have these virtual private tours, which are $65. And then they have a corporate meeting virtual tour um, where they will, they will show you and your coworkers around the farm. You know, I just want to say, Dory, if we ever do a, like a fan zoom, not a fan zoom, a listener zoom. Oh yes. We should get a goat. We should get a goat. That's such a good idea. Like great li- lis- listeners, I just want to put this commitment out here. If we ever organize some sort of Zoom <laughs> podcast Zoom situation, we will have a goat. Okay, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. We will be donating to Sweet Farm for that goat. Great. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure as always, Kate, to talk it to you. It has, and you know, the our listeners are so amazing. Dory and I were texting about all the emails and voicemails that we received for this episode last night and making like cry face emojis at each other because we really appreciate you and your thoughtful responses. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And as always, we are here for you and we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.